0: Catholic History Trek, a podcast exploring the Catholic past. Soul of Christ, sanctify me. Body of Christ, save me. Blood of Christ, inebriate me. Water from the side of Christ, wash me. Passion of Christ, strengthen me. O good Jesus, hear me. Within thy wounds, hide me. Separated from thee, let me never be. From the malignant enemy defend me, in the hour of death, call me, and bid me come unto thee, that I may praise thee in the company of thy saints for all eternity. Amen. The prayer I just recited is known as the Anima Christi. But where did this prayer come from? And when? My name is Scott Scholze, and in this episode of Catholic History Trek, I will be going solo without my conycente co-host Kevin Schmiesing as I uncover the origin of the Anima Christi prayer. And at the end of the episode, I'll try to offer a short surprise for those who stick around to the end. When I was younger, one of the things I recall about traveling through rural West Central Ohio in the land of the cross tip churches, yes, a plug for that episode if you've not listened to it, was how uncommonly friendly people were. It seemed like people waved at each other on the road, and when driving past a house or farm, If one of the residents were outside, they would often stop what they were doing, turn around, and wave to you as you drove past, whether they had any idea who you were or not. Being a history guy, this is one of the traditions I liked and I do recall the impact it left on me. When I'm in that part of Ohio, I will sometimes look to wave to passersby, but it seems this particular tradition has faded with the passage of time. Another tradition that has faded is the Catholic tradition of praying the Anima Christi. For hundreds of years, the Anima Christi was a popular prayer, commonly said as a prayer of thanksgiving after receiving the Holy Eucharist during Mass. While the Eucharist is a topic for another episode, the Anima Christi is the topic of this episode. The Anima Christi is believed to have originated in the first half of the 14th century with the exact date unknown. It was enriched with indulgences by Pope John XXII in 1330, so we know it dates to at least 1330. One of the oldest surviving examples of the prayer is found inscribed on one of the gates of the Alcazar of Seville, which is a beautifully preserved palace in Spain, which offers tours today. The words of the prayer were added around the reign of Peter of Castile in the mid-14th century after the Moorish invaders had been defeated in the Iberian Peninsula. Another 14th-century copy of the prayer exists in the Library of Avignon, France, where a prayer book belonging to Cardinal Pierre de Luxembourg, who died in 1387, contains the Anima Christi. Pierre de Luxembourg has an interesting history in his own right, which probably won't garner its own Catholic History Trek episode, and so it's worth a brief mention here. Pierre was born into a noble family in 1369 closely related to royalty, such as the emperor, the king of Hungary, and the king of France. He lost his father at the age of three and became an orphan when his mother died a year later. His aunt sent him to Paris to study, and the young child developed a habit of fervor and prayer, secret self-denials, and a love of almsgiving and humility. In 1381, Pierre left his studies and traveled to London, offering himself as a hostage in exchange for his brother, who had been captured by the English in a battle. The English were so impressed with the young Pierre that Richard II invited him to remain at his court. But after the ransom had been paid, Pierre returned to Paris and pursued a priestly vocation. Over the course of a few years, he ascended from canon of the cathedral chapter of Notre-Dame de Paris and Notre-Dame de Chartres he was promoted to Archdeacon of Dreux and then Archdeacon of Cambrai, before finally, in thirteen eighty four, Pierre was selected as the Bishop of Metz, at the young age of fourteen. That the young Pierre was named a bishop and eventually a cardinal at such a young age is rather remarkable, but this is where things get even more intriguing. Six years earlier, Pope Urban VI had been elected to the papacy. This was followed shortly afterward by the election of antipope Clement VII, which kicked off the Western Schism. For almost 50 years until the Council of Constance in 1415, Europe was divided, with the kingdoms of France, Aragon, Castile, Naples, and Scotland following the antipopes, while the Holy Roman Empire and the rest of Europe supported the legitimate pope. When Pierre was named Bishop of Metz in 1384, he had been selected to the position by antipope Clement VII. Metz was in the Kingdom of France, where the antipope was regarded as the actual pope, and due to conflicts that arose over which papal claimant was legitimate, armed troops were used to help the 14-year-old Pierre take possession of his Episcopal see. But he was eventually driven from Metz in 1386 by forces loyal to Pope Urban VI. Pierre then joined anti-Pope Clement VII in Avignon until his death in 1387. The 18-year-old Pierre died from anorexia and fever caused by the severe fastings and austerities he had self-imposed throughout his life. Miracles began to take place at his tomb, prompting devotion to the saintly Pierre, who was named patron of Avignon and later beatified in 1527. Returning back to the Anima Christi, while the early 14th century timeline of the prayer's origin is assumed to be fairly reliable, the authorship of the prayer is essentially unknown. It was at one time incorrectly credited to St. Ignatius of Loyola because he placed it at the beginning of his spiritual exercises and he often referred to it, but it has since been pointed out by many scholars that the prayer has been found in a number of prayer books printed well before the birth of Ignatius. In fact, both the copy of the prayer engraved on the gates in Seville and the copy found in Cardinal Pierre de Luxembourg's prayer book predate the birth of Ignatius in 1491 by over 100 years. In the first edition of his Spiritual Exercises, Ignatius only gives mention to the prayer without actually writing it out which many take as an indication of the popularity of the prayer at this point, that Ignatius likely supposed the reader would be familiar with the prayer, and therefore he only mentions it without providing the actual text. But in later editions of the Spiritual Exercises, the prayer was printed in full, which led later scholars to mistakenly assume that it had been composed by the saint. Another candidate for the authorship of the prayer is Pope John XXII, it would be easy to assume the one who gave it the indulgences is the same one who wrote it. But Pope John XXII has also been falsely credited with similar pious compositions, so it would be prudent not to rush to name him as the author. At best, the authorship of the Anima Christi is unknown, definitely not St. Ignatius of Loyola, and Pope John XXII is a decent, although unlikely guess, and perhaps the best guess we have. Pope John XXII became the second pope during the period known as the Avignon Papacy, which began with the papacy of his predecessor, Clement V, and ended, sort of, in 1376 with the papacy of Gregory the IX. I say, sort of, because after Gregory the IX's papacy, the church was besought with a string of antipopes, some of whom resided in Avignon, such as anti Clement VII, who named the aforementioned Pierre de Luxembourg as the Bishop of Metz. Pope John XXII's election to the papacy came after a turbulent period stretching nearly two and a half years of no one holding the office of pope, while the cardinals bickered over where to even hold the conclave to elect the next pope. After his election to the papacy, John XXII was involved in religious, political, and theological disputes within the church, the most well-known of these is likely the division within the Franciscans, which fractured the Franciscan order in rage between the spirituals of Fratricelli and the conventuals, who argued over the extent to which St. Francis' rule of poverty and no ownership of property should be taken. As mentioned previously, John XXII added indulgences to the Anima Christi in 1330. Today, the Anima Christi prayer carries a 300 days indulgence every time it's prayed, a 7 years indulgence if prayed after Holy Communion, and if said every day for a month, carries a plenary indulgence, with all the regular requirements. And this also means Kevin and I need to do a Catholic History Trek episode on the history of indulgences. If for no other reason than to clear up these descriptors of 300 days indulgence and 7 years indulgence, which don't mean what people typically guess them to mean. If you're unfamiliar with this once well-known prayer, and if you're a Catholic looking for something to pray after receiving the Eucharist, it might be worth your consideration to revive this traditional practice. And, of course, it can be prayed at other times as well. Speaking of which, Kevin and I typically close our Catholic History Trek episodes with the Glory Bee, prayed in the Church's historic language of Latin. But, as this episode focused on the Anima Christi, it only makes sense to end with the indulgenced Anima Christi prayed in the Church's historic language of Latin. Anima Christi sanctificame, corpus Christi salvame, sanguis Christi inebriame, literis Christi lavame, passio Christi confortame, obone Jesu exalde me, inter tua volnera Ne permittas me separare a te, ab hoste maligno defendeme, in hora mortis mie voca me vocame, et me venire ad te utcum sanctis tuis laudem te in saecula seculorum Amen. And if you stayed with me this long as promised, I've got a short surprise. It's what I consider to be one of the most beautiful chants of the church, the Anima Christi. Thank you for listening to Catholic History Trek. You can reach us at Catholic Trek at gmail.com.